0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Blitz is defined as a sudden, savage attack. It is indeed all this. The effect is sure. The premise is simple. It's a basic, primal confrontation. Man to man. No excuses are offered. None acceptable.
1: Welcome to the latest edition of Longhorn Blitz with horns247.com. Looks like a radio station. Now, here are your hosts Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Pure bleep yeah. a transcend race, hombre. Matt Butler. I don't talk, man. I back it up. And we are sock full of that, man. Right. And Jeff Howe. It's still real to me, damn it. <laughs> and that's the bottom line a stone-cold set so If you're going to blitz, come strong, but don't come at all. Coming strong with another edition of Longhorn Blitz with Horns 24-7. I am Jeff Howe, and uh, let's not waste any time. Let's just rip this Band-Aid off and doctor this wound and see what we can do with it. Uh, <laughs> Texas loses to Baylor 24-10. I don't know how much time we'll spend on the game specifically or looking ahead to the Texas Tech game on Black Friday, which... I know most of you listening probably are not looking forward to that game. A lot of you have probably checked out, and I can't say I blame you. Mm. Uh, the three of us are contractually obligated to be here and discuss the yeah. state of the program gotta right now. I got to work before the game, so I got to be there. Correct. Yeah. Uh, I got family in town, so they want to go to the game. <laughs> so, Damn. so we'll just kind of.
0: It's a sad state whenever you're...
2: It is. You're like, afraid, I'm, you're like, I'm oh, actually man, dreading man. going to the game. I don't want to go to the game. My family's out. I was like, I don't want to go to the game. I never dreaded going to a Texas game. Yeah, it feels game. like I don't the, even want to go to the
0: game.
1: We'll just perform mm-hmm. the autopsy here on the show and yeah. see if we can, I don't know, maybe make heads or tails of what's going on. Uh, let me, let me yeah. bring in the rest of the team. He is the master of the soundboard, the drop machine extraordinaire. Matt Butler, how are you, sir? Doing pretty well, but hearing Rod
0: say it that way and seeing the look on his face, it made me feel like it, this was Groundhog Day almost. Like I was waking up because you think it was done and you're going to move on to a better no. time. And then it was like Groundhog Day for the past. Like you sort of ended up with this feeling at some point for, I guess, a decade every season.
2: Yeah, last 10 years. You felt this in some way, form or fashion. It's weird.
0: Now it was like week one last year or something, you know, but like there's always been one at some point
2: yeah we surprised ourselves last year by winning Mm -hmm. 10 games let's not
1: forget that yep uh by the way happy thanksgiving gentlemen happy thanksgiving to everybody listening to the show matt is is the butler family tradition of drinking and frying turkeys going to continue yes
0: as always always got to have the turkeys going early so the family's got a ton of food to eat i love it man
1: like matt uh, i'm not hosting this year so i don't need a turkey uh but matt usually does my turkeys when i do Mm -hmm. host and every year he's like hey so come out to the house We'll all be standing around Drinking frying turkeys And I'm like okay Well maybe it's a little No it really is like Matt and his dad And his brother Everybody's frying just turkeys. hanging out Frying no, turkeys frying I, turkeys
2: Drinking beer I, I might drop by there Because I yeah, mm-hmm. I might take a break from my family You're you more, more than welcome <laughs> Be like yeah With no, you. I had to go over <laughs> And just
0: talk about A few I'll bring, things I'll be
2: where I'll be Trust me I'm, oh, I'm yeah, polite man.
0: about that Come on uh, out uh, Eat some morning fried turkey yeah. Yeah. Morning That's fried my, turkey Sounds awesome That's my breakfast dude
2: Fried turkey for breakfast It's my
1: turkey breakfast Fried turkeys and beer All day at Casa de Butler Beautiful A man who loves His fried yard bird. He loves beer. Uh, he's a renaissance man in that way. Not just here on the show, but on the horn where you hear him each and every weekday on the broadcast from 1 to 3. Lifetime Longhorn 2002 UT All-American 2002 semifinalist for the Jim Thorpe Award. Fourth round draft choice of the New York Football Giants in 2003. Spent his NFL career with the Giants, Lions, Bears, Bucks, Broncos, and a year with the Hamilton Tiger Cats in the CFL. When he was done with football, got himself back to Austin, Texas, and the 40 Acres where he earned his degree. Whatever that team ring gets back in his possession... I will make sure he wears it proudly. But nevertheless, <laughs> he's a card-carrying member of DBU. I and mean, when you get that All-American honor recognized by the NCAA, they give you that black card. Number 21 in your program, number one in your hearts, Mr. Rod Babers. Thanks for the intro, brothers. Uh, right. So, Rod, it. hosting folks for Thanksgiving this year?
2: Yeah, my, uh, my future mother-in-law's in town, so she's in town. And then uh, so she's at the house hanging out. And my people are coming in uh, tomorrow. They're going to come in and hang out. So we're going to be hosting and then... We got our aunt and uncle, so it's gonna be a whole And then everybody's going to the game and oh man. I didn't really want to go wanna go to the game. I actually this is one of the games I'd rather pass up and watch at home drinking Bud Light and Tequila. But you know, there's I gotta go, uh, I gotta go and witness what may be one of the lowest points in Texas football potentially in the last, what, thirty years? Yeah, well, if Texas loses that game, there's been, be there been a lot of there them. There's been a lot of them. there would been a lot right. of them, but that would be, right? We agree, this would be one of the lowest. Right right like, it's about yeah. the low five Yes, it decade, would be, no question. I don't
0: know if it would be because the five, the 2010, like the 5-7 and seven like season. Yes, yes three of them. Yes, <laughs> yes like exactly. Three of the, that you, being there yeah, for yeah, that, yeah. Yeah. that UCLA game, just how yeah. much the whole world flipped on you. But I'm just saying this, yeah, could be right Why was 2010
2: so bad? Because the expectations were so high. Because you had just come out playing in a national title game. It was like, you got Garrett Gilbert. You got the Prince that's you're right. good. You're good. You're just going to win 10 more games, maybe 11. Hell, who knows? You might end up in a national title game again. And no, not only that, a precipitous drop, historical drop and fall off where you don't even make a bowl game. Yep. That's why there were so many lows because they were shocking. Mm-hmm. In the same sense, the lows in the Tom Herman era, at least in this third year, have been shocking because you came off, as we described before, one of the, I think, something that kind of warped our perception, that Georgia game. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I'm going to say it right now, the LSU game. I said it on my show yesterday. Yeah. I said, LSU game might have been the peak of Texas football this year, unfortunately. And yeah. we've been, you kind of look at it, it's been deteriorating ever since at yep. a slow pace. I Got agree. Slow, we can't, we haven't know. it's almost like, well, they say you bore the frog. Right, you just
0: put the frog in. I haven't heard and- that term, but I would like to. Yeah,
2: you know, they say you. Like, a, I say a frog would not know if it's being boiled to death. If you put it into water and you slowly start to boil it. Warm them, it up. All right, slowly warm it up. But if you just put them into a boiling thing, scolding thing of water, freaking frog. At first like, it's you know, a it's nice like freaking warm bath. Yeah, it's like, oh, oh. Yeah, at first, yeah, it's like a jacuzzi at first. Like, oh, man, this is <laughs> not mean, you're And you're training. like, holy hell, this is way too hot. And I think that's what's happening in Longhorn Fans' Route. We're that frog, and we've been boiled now. And slowly it's like, holy hell, this is bad. Yep. We didn't really realize how bad it was So Baylor... Peeled our face off <laughs> in that game. But well, that's yeah. what
1: it is. You know, Matt and I, let's talk about Baylor real quick. You know, Matt and I were talking uh, before you got here, Rod, and, you know, we're talking about, you know, it, it's kind of like with this staff and their opening scripts on offense. You do see mm. some, some tweaks, some, see some things where exactly. you're like, okay, yeah, they're. They, they're 20. Yeah, it played 20. That's yeah. the first thing I, I told Jeff. No, I was like, dude, You're the first like,
0: but it, 10 plays, you saw some good motion. You saw some things you I didn't see before. And yeah. I was excited. Yep. And then it was the design runs. After the second right. I don't
1: know if it was a zone follow, but it was like the little counter. I saw that when they yeah.
2: faked it, like they were going to yeah. throw the RPO and then ran it. That was, but
1: I, I was with you. But as I told Matt, Rod, something you mentioned last week, and I agreed with mm. you 100%. Second drive of the game, I just wrote down in my notes Texas can't block Baylor. This game is over.
2: Yeah, pretty much.
1: Yeah,
2: <laughs> I know. I totally agree with that. And they and they try actually. They had a good plan because I I saw them try to double team Lynch, yeah. and put multiple guys on him, and it still didn't matter. They were they were they were, they were rushing three and getting to Sam. Yeah. Getting... yeah. <laughs> By the <laughs> end of the game, it literally it broke our guys. offensive line. Yeah. Like
0: you saw the offensive oh, line. and they lost it.
2: Yeah, so, I and, and listen, they did some things, like I said, I and that was some things that I that I saw that I was like, huh, they ran some drag routes which I thought was something you had to do against Baylor because they're going to take away the overtime. They didn't throw a lot of vertical passes. No. Nope. I mean, they probably threw, a I would say, less early. than 10 vertical passes in the entire yeah, game. Yeah, and I mean, like, vertical, them, yeah. like, more than 10 yards or more downfield. Mm, yeah. I would say probably 10 at the most. Yeah. And that's just because they took everything away. Sam could run, and Sam was able to run a little bit. And when Sam right ran— here. Uh, I know Craigway made an appearance here. So yeah, thought that the out there. In the, door, look in the trash can. <laughs> Blessed us with his presence. Yes, yeah, so it's uh, worth interrupting when it's but, Craigway. Um, but yeah, once you had the, you know, I think once kind of Baylor got the feeler because that first, that first drive, I think they, that was like one of their longest drives of the game where they came out their initial script of plays. Mm-hmm. But it just wasn't enough creativity. It just wasn't. They did. they like they do the most. They both, They do the bare minimum. Of innovation and creativity, the twenty personnel. What they run out of twenty personnel. You remember the first play? It was just a swing screen. Mm-hmm. It was just the wide receivers kind of running the flare, and I saw the running backs running the flare route, and they just they threw it to him really quickly. And I'm like, well, I mean. Okay, well, if you're gonna run that out of twenty personnel, then and you're defeating the
1: purpose of running twenty personnel. Yeah, that uh, that drive they got a couple first downs on that drive. They did. St- thinking, okay, that's a pretty solid, pretty solid. And start I just like that. I started, maybe
0: saw some stuff I hadn't seen yeah. yet, but then the development past those first couple drives, there really wasn't. They anything. didn't
2: adjust very well, and they didn't. They didn't have enough route combinations to throw at Bailey. They just didn't, didn't throw enough innovation and they didn't break enough tendencies versus Baylor and in the end it did look like the offense that we've seen for the last five weeks has been pretty much
1: Rod. What it what it deteriorated to was kind of everything we've talked about for the last few weeks, which your run game concepts have not evolved. Nope. You have no you you haven't adjusted your blocking schemes to how teams are attacking you at the line of scrimmage. Your route tree doesn't have very many branches on it. Your route concepts are very bland, very bland. predictable. Uh, and it basically ends up being, man, unless Sam Ellinger or somebody else can just make a play. Make a hell mistake. of a play. You, you've, got, you've got nothing. And I told Matt, before, again, before you got here, Matt and I were talking to and, and I wrote this, in, and I had a pretty lengthy column on the site because it's just kind of a few weeks of just looking at this thing and kind of digesting it and realizing, okay, this is where it's at officially. And Tom Herman has to take a good long look in the mirror and swallow his pride if this thing has any shot of getting back on track and, and being what we all thought the Tom Herman era could be. But those are off-season decisions. Those mm-hmm. aren't things that are going to yeah, change this week. can't do it right <clears throat> Go to the third quarter. There's a third and nine on the plus side of the field. And they run a, uh, it's like, I think it's a deep comeback to Brennan Eagles. And no, it's, it's a, a fade stop. It's a contest. It's, it's, a contest a stop. it's a contested catch. Against
2: the best corner for Baylor.
1: Against Jamison Houston. It's a contested catch. Rod should he made the catch probably, but it's a contested catch. I know exactly what you're talking about. And they re- went right back to that on fourth down. Same play, same formation. Yeah. I looked at it today, this morning,
2: because I, I, I wanted to make Jeff sure. Jeff said the exact eyes, same
0: thing you just said to play, me when he showed up.
2: Same personnel, same personnel, same formation. It was like and magic. it was a sloppy route because it's a fade stop. Right. right. So I need you to sell the that's fade. That's why I said
1: come back because I can't tell And what he was like
2: fading back as yeah. he was throwing. And I'm like, well, obviously that's not a fade stop because you didn't really stop. You faded back. Um, so it was a bad route. It wasn't a good it wasn't a great throw by Sam but you know what I mean right there you got need the receiver to sell it a little bit more but once again getting back to your point the coaching schematic advantage was non-existent you ran the same play you can you couldn't mix it up and just flip it to go to the other quarter mm-hmm. or you couldn't you know i understand that's the wide side of the field, so maybe you don't want to run it there but you don't have another you don't have another play you don't have another plays like no this is a money play I know we can get we can get yardage on this play well, let me let – me, I'm break it out now so we can get this first down. He don't have those kind of plays, no. and you want to know why? Because – and I'll say this about Tom, Herman, and, and you brought it up in the LSU game, and I think it's part of what – why as a coach you need to always be trying to improve and evolve, and also as a parent, because your kids will take the best of you, but they'll also take the worst of you. They'll, they, they'll represent both of those qualities. That's the, that's the danger of becoming mm-hmm. a parent and not having your – together. Because, right. if you, yeah, all the stuff that you do great at, your kid's going to pick that up. It's good. But then all those things that you are really bad at, the liabilities in your skill set, that yeah. kid will also pick that those up. Those are learned behaviors. If you're a little bit lazy or you're arrogant and you don't have great work ethic, your kid will pick that up. And in Tom Herman's case, I think the one thing this team has picked up from him, and I think they got a lot of his good qualities too. They were a physical team at one point. You know what I mean? They, they, they fight. They, they battle. They fight. They battle. You know what I mean? Like, they got yeah. fight in them. Um, and there's some things we can we can get into, but they're arrogant. And, and I'm not—I'm not joking. I think that as a team, they're just an arrogant team. I think they—I think Tom Herman has always been an arrogant guy, and I think that's part of what's made him a great coach. Part of that—the gift and the it's like bordering confidence. But in a areas. guy that the, the headbutting before the game. Right. Mm -hmm. headbutt before the game is basically you basically, you know, that he knows that cameras are going to be on him for that. We haven't we've been at Texas following Tom Herman for three years. We've never seen him do that. He's like, I do that everywhere. Dude, you ain't never did that here. We got our own damn network. They would have caught it. And trust me, it'll go viral just like it did. All right. That was you coming out, putting, throwing them on the table and saying, my boy, we're going to come out here and be physical today. We're going to set the tone today. You better be ready because we ready. You know what I mean? And, and great. I'm cool with that. But they weren't ready. No. It was a showcase. It was style over substance is what it turned out to be. And Sam Meling, even like and now I can't I, I, everywhere I go. People play this and it's all on Twitter. We're back. We've always said about Sam, yeah, Sam's very confident, but Sam doesn't start it. He finishes it, right, whether it be Baker Mayfield or whether it be Dylan Haynes calling him out. Mm-hmm. He, you know what I mean, Terry Bradshaw. He doesn't start the trash talking, but he will finish it. In that moment, I think he took some of Tom Herman. You know what I mean? We're back. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, I mean, whoa, whoa, Let's, we just we won 10 games. Don't, don't forget, we, nobody got those losses we had. We had four of those and or some, some, a lot of one-score wins that we had. You know what I mean? But they were cocky and arrogant. Baylor's doing what Texas did last year. They're not cocky and arrogant right now.
1: Right. They're not.
2: You don't hear a lot of guarantees and a lot of you know. What I mean bravado from Baylor. It's not really because they are taking on the personality of Matt Rule. And when Tom Herman's mocking Missouri on the on the sideline and doing the you know whatever the the mm-hmm. you know whatever the, the bag dance, whatever the hell it is, you know what I mean? Which is cool. That's cool. Uh, you, you, you're vibing with your players, but that's arrogance. That's what arrogance is. Arrogance is showboating in front of people, and he's done this forever. The, the yep. you know, the, you know, the the grill that he had at UFH yeah, Paul and, gave him a grill. Yeah, even and all all that stuff is is kind of just me. Even the press conference that we know, and I, and I don't have a problem with. It. My point is. The team is arrogant. Your game plans are arrogant. You said that in the LSU game. Yeah. Your yeah. game plans are arrogant. You don't You don't believe they need a schematic coaching advantage? They just need to do it better. When they do it better, when we're going teach this technique harder, they're going to do it better, they're going to execute, and then Texas will beat Georgia, and then we'll beat LSU. That's what we'll do because we're Texas. It's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Actually, you may need some schematic advantage. Your guys <laughs> are not as good as you thought they were, but they thought they were as good as as everybody was hyping them up to be. Sam did. Definitely. Sam bought into the hype. The players bought into the hype. Tom Herman bought into exactly. his own hype. And, and they learned it from him. Exactly. So it, I think ultimately it's going to be humility because him picking his coaching staff or, you know, this coaching overhaul that we assume is coming, if you're arrogant about it, you will fail yep. miserably. And honestly, I will, uh, while, you, while you fail, I will have to mock you and criticize you all the way. But if he is humble about it and understands your, your pro spread has failed. In the in the in the most prolific offensive conference in the country, your pro spread has failed. All right? Now, I'm not saying it's a total failure, but right now it failed. you got to tweak it. you got to change it. You know, Lincoln Riley, his offense is is killing it. Matt yep. Campbell's offense, killing it. All right? What Matt Rule has got going on, man, they're doing the damn thing. we Every- talk about
0: the conference's automated yeah. offense. Exactly. You know, like, yeah. so,
2: so, my point is, if he understands that, if he it will admit that, he's already admitted we're not developing players. He's already admitted it's a coach. It's all on me. The buck stops here. I think he's ready now to go, you know what? <laughs> damn man I bought into my own hype I I really thought I was like Urban Meyer elite no 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 you weren't you were just in Urban Meyer's program and you were elite for what Urban Meyer tasked you to do and you went to U of H and turns out you might have had the best talent there but you've done your best work with inherited talent now we're telling you built you ain't built a program Matt Campbell's built too you know what I mean so I think right now he's looking in the mirror and going okay yeah I think he's smart enough to understand that he And we saw this even with John freaking Harbaugh. The stories about John Harbaugh is great, right? Oh, it's a good thing. He has humbled himself as a coach, and he went, okay, you know what? I'm going to bring in some 25-year-old analytics expert to mm-hmm. give me win probabilities down to down and give me all these stats. Everybody keeps mm-hmm. telling me that if I follow these damn stats, that, uh, that I can win more games. Yes, and his brother now, needs to exactly. take his – Exactly, it is. You no, know, his brother's he, Tom he, he, Herman and style. And now he's going for it more on fourth down than any team in the league. They were 4-4, uh-huh. the four uh-huh. four, I think, or 3-3 three three last night. Ed you know, bought four, into, four, into four the down. numbers. Ed yeah. did
0: the same thing.
2: Ed did, did the same thing, right? These coaches that they humbled themselves, and he brought in, you know, he, he allowed Greg Roman to take Lamar Jackson and mow the office around. He said, no, no, if we're going to be about Lamar Jackson, Let's be about Lamar Jackson. Let's give him the best chance to see. That's not half-ass That's not half-ass, it. That's not half-ass it, man. Let's go all in. If this guy's special. Then let's go all in. If we all believe in him and we all put, we build this thing to be compatible to his skill set, his leadership, we can succeed. And honestly, Tom Herman has not done that with Sam Ellinger. And it is disappointing because Sam is special, in my opinion. And I think his ceiling now has been lowered because of Tom Herman's arrogance, Honestly. And, I, and it, it upsets me.
1: Do you know who Tom Herman could take lessons from? And I know people don't want to hear oh, this. it's but, a lot of them. But he mentioned two of his mentors are Mack Brown and Greg Davis. Go back Greg to Mack Brown at the end of 2003. Mm-hmm. You lose that Holiday Bowl to Washington State. Yep. Everyone's wondering, where is this thing going? What did Mack Brown go out and do? Went out and brought in Greg Tomi, Greg, uh, Greg Robinson and yep. Dick Tomey. Yep. And basically said, I want you. And, and and you, you, we talked to Tim Crowder, Casey Stutter, guys that were around there at that time. Greg Robinson and Dick Tomey ran that thing in the offseason. Yep. They brought in the not-our-standards, and you guys thought you were playing hard. No, you're not. We're going to show you how you so, haven't been playing yeah, hard. We're right? going to show you how you guys so haven't been not, getting the most out of what you've got. And they kind of reinvented that thing. Mm-hmm. And then what else did Mag Brown do after 2007? You know, that Larry McDuff, Dwayne in defense, and you know, Mac. we talked about Mac hated that 2007. Yep. I team. Muschamp, baby. If he only knew what was to come. Yeah, brought in Will Muschamp and said, you know what? That— Way, the way Will Muschamp coaches is not his style, but he knew it'd he be hands off. Let Will Muschamp run that defense. Totally it's the only way it was going to get fixed. What did Greg Davis do, Rod? When you were when you were at Texas, what was Greg Davis? He oh. was an eleven personnel pro style, pro style guy. just bland. And it's this. I've said this before. This offense, the center all the this time. Tom Herman offense, gets very Greg Davisy when you get down to it, because it, it comes down to my guys are better than your guys. Yeah. I've got the better matchup. Well, at some point, the talent's going to even out, or the schematic advantage on the other side is going to make the talent even out. What's your counter? Tom Herman doesn't have a counter. When this offense, when Greg Davis's offense took off what he did, the same thing you talk about John Harbaugh doing. If I'm gonna go all in with Vince Young, and I gotta go all in with Vince Young. That's exactly right. And, and you, know, you, Greg you started was good at that. You started running zone read, and yep. you ran it better than anybody in the and country. He, we talked about stealing, stealing plays McCoy from, from people. Like yeah. 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 all
0: he did was go around and steal offensive. Decided, concepts from decided if you're gonna go up. all in with Greg Colt McCoy, you gotta. Yeah. he was a great thief. He was an amazing. If you're gonna
1: go all in with Colt McCoy, you gotta go all in with Colt McCoy, and I'm gonna build this offense around his skill set. Yep,
2: that's exactly right. And basically, I am going to. I'm going to find some way to mitigate the damage that my weaknesses will do. I'll just figure out a way. But I am going to go all in on strengths. Mm-hmm. That's what Texas Texas O-line was terrible when, when we had Colt
1: McCoy. It was great. Terrible. Yeah.
2: But what was our best running game? Colt McCoy yeah. and, like, Chris Obanaya in the flats it. and stuff like that. It was like, no, no, we're just going to do what we do. We're going to focus on what yeah, – think Cody Tom,
1: Johnson was the short yardage goal line Cody guy. Cody Johnson
2: was the short – yeah, they knew what they were good at. And I, for Tom Herman, I can't tell you now – At this point in the season, what Texas is good at.
0: Yeah, because the things that we thought they were good at or had been good at were now – the weaknesses, like you look the last couple of weeks, you've had chances to win games with your power running game and you were able to go and um, you had the most efficient use of a best tool in all of college football over the last two years for that situation. But you can't read your guys right in the matchup and your guys, your whole concept of being more physical and our program being able to be strong in those situations. It actually was a weakness. And, you know, you talked about it at the beginning, Rod, but talking about how confidence and arrogance and sort of that fine line between and I remember hearing Michael Irvin talk about parts of his career and how you can border from confidence to overconfidence to arrogance and it really is a murky area for people to find but to think about this with every somebody like Tom Herman when you're dealing with college kids let's look at this Texas team yeah you won last year so maybe you had the confidence that maybe was unearned or shouldn't have going in because look where the team was it was the most inexperienced Texas team we had coming back in the entire defense like you were filling holes to where how can you be confident if you don't even have experience and it was because you had that short-term success which then artificially enhanced that confidence which actually didn't have much substance behind it and then you lose some type of guys that are actually key to the team now you have confidence lacking experience which doesn't even coincide it shouldn't even align that way and (laughs) boom so that's where you end up going and how you can get there with a group of young players. It's not making excuses. It's explaining behavior, and it makes total sense. Rod, I yeah.
1: know you got something you want to get to, but there just a couple of things here. Okay. I, this season, when we talk about the offense, we just talk about lack of player development. We're 2019 class. I mean, you basically wasted the whole year with Jake Smith, with Marcus Watson, with all those guys. You basically wasted the season. And this season yeah. – this season, when it boils down to it, it's a wasted year. I don't care if they beat Tech and win the bowl game or whatever and finish with eight wins. It's a wasted year. You basically wasted this year.
2: It's, yeah, uh, I you mean, can like, learn you from can argue that. I think if, the le- if there are <clears> lessons learned from it and the program grows and Tom Harmon right. grows as a young but coach. But we, you know so you so we, that. That. we won't know that until next so year. Right so, now, so right now, Right now, it is because you had an opportunity because all these young coaches in the league, right? These are first not first year. You know, and, you a a season, right? Sam and you wasted a prime Sam Ellinger. Yeah, you had you had the best quarterback or one of the best quarterbacks in the conference, along with Jalen Hurts, and you've kind of wasted that year too because now if you've lowered the ceiling on on Sam Ellinger. And I and I'll say this about Tom Herman: Tom Herman, ultimately, I think he he's got to figure out he he's got to be a problem solver, all right. And I think he's gotten to the point where he's he's too deep into it. He's too he's and and, and Brian Kelly brought this up too because Brian Kelly did this. Overhaul and was it twenty Notre Dame in twenty sixteen? Twenty sixteen, I think he had like nine new coaches on his staff, and he didn't an overhaul. He, he basically he said interviewed every player, walk ons included, asked them all like, "What the hell's wrong with the program?" Because mm-hmm. everybody's got an opinion. Once you at ha- once you fall off the cliff, dude. Everybody in that locker room, everybody, every equipment guy, every coach, everybody's got an opinion. That's like, where you Get all the, the hate to the like,
0: media, and, and stuff. he heard
2: everything from "You're not around the team enough." To, uh, you know, uh, my strength and conditioning is stale. To, you know, it's not competitive enough around here. He heard everything from, you know, we don't have the best facility. Like, all this kind of stuff. Sounds like
0: 2010 Texas. Basically,
2: they went through it all. And he revamped everything to the way they select their captains, to you know the way their offseason is run, to the way that he's involved, he said he had to divest himself of the offense because he got too deep into it, couldn't see the forest for the trees. He said it's really dangerous for a coach, yeah. even though these days that seems to be kind of the mm-hmm. norm, right? Even in the NFL, like get a guy that's offensive and let a lot of defensive guy handle it. But for Tom Herman, when you're handling a rebuild of a power, like a a, a blue blood like Texas, a power five blue blood, then I think you need to. You need to find somebody you can trust offensively, defensively, and you got to get back into quality control. you got to get back yeah, into strength and conditioning, getting there at 5.30 in the morning, being there with the players, uh, seeing what the hell Yancey McKnight's doing because a lot of guys getting injured. So what the hell is going on? you, you got, you got at, a
1: special teams background. Go fix that garbage you, special teams. Exactly.
2: You need to be – yeah. So instead of you diving so deep in office, and right now he's calling the plays, and like, you might need to divest yourself, man, so you can have a better scope and view of everything. I think
1: that the thing – you know what I mean? You hit on something there, Rob. Uh, and, and I think Brian Kelly talking about you can't see the forest through the trees this staff their default mode we talk about like in times of crisis you default to who you really are right this, mm-hmm. true. this staff the message has always been gotta work harder gotta work harder stop worrying about working hard that's not the problem start yeah. working smart Agreed. you're not working totally smart yep. if you're burning it's the same thing Charlie Strong did like we, we, yeah. we we talked about that with Charlie staff they're like oh we're burning the men I do being up till 2 or 3 in the morning what good does that do you if you're not coming up with any answers? That's exactly right.
2: Exactly right. You know,
1: you're just spinning your wheels at that point. Totally. You got to work smarter.
2: Yep. I think. I think that, honestly, I think the Cowboys have that same issue. Now we know that Jason mm. Garrett, yeah. right? Jason Garrett was asked after that debacle up in New England if he, if he, if he keeps up with win probabilities or know what win probabilities are, and he's like, "Yeah, but we don't worry about that during the game."
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then everybody well, was
2: like, "Whoa." Well, it's not going to help you? Do you really. understand? Like get, you when need you, to do you it need the football the to win, and you decide yeah. to give it away and with
0: only six minutes yeah. left. It and, really and hurts that, your and, chances and that, to win. And that
2: field goal that he kicked actually lowered their win. Oh, probability. Yeah, for sure. It said if you had win four on 4 down and even missed it, that the win probability still would have been higher because yeah. the Patriots would have had to march length of the field. Anyway, going. I don't want to get deep. No, my but my point but, is that my, my point is this: it's <laughs> is that the, <laughs> they're working harder, not sport. The Cowboys work hard. They got a ton of talent, yeah. but you're missing out on the minuscule little advantages you can get here and there. But Belichick doesn't. Belichick knows mm. about win probabilities, mm-hmm. I guarantee you. Belichick knows all about it. He'll, John Harbaugh hired a 25-year-old, literally, to sit up in the booth with his offensive coordinator and constantly, and constantly say, hey, if you go for it here, if you go for the fourth down here, then now that we at the – 41-yard line, you know our win probability increases by 7%. So, here on this second down, you probably should consider a play that is four-down territory. So, yeah. don't think you're in three-down. You're in four-down territory. Oh, okay, okay. Alright, so we're cool with just him running here. You know what I mean? Like It's it's just trusting the it, science it, and the math I, and buying it, into it and letting exactly. if you don't know, you
0: let that, and then it, that's their and department. In, and in
2: week three, John Harbaugh got a lot of uh, criticism because he, he went for two-point po- two two conversions and four-downs on like eight different times in that game versus chiefs and he lost the game. And afterwards he was asked, "Why did you do that? What are you doing?" He's like, "No, the analytics say I should do this. And honestly, all the guys I got back here working, I got like a room full of really smart people and nerds. They're telling me, "I don't go for it enough." They're saying I should do it more. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the season, it'll all pay off for me. It'll all yeah. end up advantageous to us. And my point is this, you have to be you have to be smart about how you work. You only got how many hours they have to work to, to practice with the players during the week.
1: Oh, is only it like, 20, 25, yeah. whatever. I heard it Tom is.
2: Herman say earlier this week, dude, that, you know, it's really hard uh, you know, preparing for defenses like Iowa State and, and Baylor because of so uh, they're so complicated. And I'm like, Yeah, you're a problem solver. That's what you you're supposed to solve that problem. You got a certain amount of hours that you got in You're Mensa dude. Yeah. And he's it's crazy. As Mensa as he is, he works harder, not smarter. Yeah. It's strange. No, banging his head against dude, that damn coach's head is basically, that's Tom Herman in a nutshell. He's yeah. like, no, dude, no, that's not the way to motivate. That's not the way to motivate. Guys aren't motivated by that. Mm. You see the way they looked at you. They looked at you strange and crazy. Yeah. What you need to do is talking to them about, hey, not when to jump off sides and about scheme. The final about- drive
1: of the Iowa State game. Last
0: two. Last two games, you're offside. No, but I'm talking about about like – You're not a meathead Yeah,
1: but it's like, okay, (laughs) you got to this point – like, go back to the Iowa State game. You got to this point. You got the lead in this game by going 10 personnel yeah. and spreading it out going up tempo it. and then you're like, alright, let's impose our will of them. No! no.
0: Yeah. You've been throwing you, for you success. You've got a plan, a plan that's
1: too- working. Why would you go back to the plan that didn't work? Go yeah. and meet it.
0: And no, you yeah. just
1: brought up you know how the way
0: harder, not smarter. explained you know, winning those margins just over time that it pays off in understanding just your incremental value and getting a little exactly. bit more with each side. Just a little and bit of an advantage. It's funny that you brought it up because I thought about it when I saw the Hermit thing and of course he's probably not ever going to give himself a concussion, but if you're the coach and all the play calling is coming from you and you're hitting your head, there has to be that .1% that if you value risk in numbers and metrics like it's not worth the risk i know it's not going to happen and it's an absurd example but there's actually risk of you say concussing yourself hitting somebody well, just, and just not weighing that in in that no. idea and that thought process it's like no that's working meathead that's not working smarter i don't, don't want to get too <laughs> far down the nfl rabbit <laughs> yeah, hole exactly that's but, meathead.
1: but rod after the cowboys patriots game you brought Sour up bill belichick sours. and i think this applies to tom herman when you're so good in the details, like how many, all the critical situations in that game, Jason Garrett was faced with them, right? And the Cowboys were bad on special teams and situational football was a mess. The advantage Bill Belichick has is he's so good in the details mm-hmm. that eventually everything with him is going to be so airtight, he's not going to have to make that decision. Yeah, He's going to force you to make that decision. And, and there's, there's
2: no no second Gronk, guessing. the second The Grunk stories are so great. Grunk tells a story about, um, they're, uh, they're bringing in like a new deep snapper or something like that. And then like Bill Belichick, while they still there a Bill Belichick comes over and like squirts the ball with water. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, we're expecting some rain.
1: You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> it's, it's, it's and like and how Grunk
2: says they practiced outside. Every time like there's any hint of it being a cold weather gamer, he's you no know, practice outside all week long. He said the Cowboys don't do that. Yeah. The Cowboys practice inside when it's raining outside. And he's right about that. And, and I heard Jesse Holly bring this up. You know the, the Matthew Slater block punt? Mm-hmm. He he said, don't you don't think it's a coincidence that he was over Joe Thomas, who hasn't practiced all week because he had been he had had the flu. Best Don't mismatch. think Belichick didn't know that, and Belichick's like, "All right, if we're gonna block it, right. let's put our best." By the way, Matthew Slater, one reception in twelve years, so he's a he's a special teams ace. Let's put our special teams ace right. over that guy, and then we'll get a mismatch. It that, there's no coincidence with him when they're kicking those short kickoffs to the Cowboys, and uh-huh. uh, yeah, right, and uh, they can't figure out Tony Pollard and Ala uh, Wally. They can't really figure out how to how to su- how to get them, and they feel them, and, field the him, and they they end up you know muffing the kickoffs and messing up field field position. That is not a coincidence. That is no. Bill Belichick saying, no, 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 no. We're going no, to kick it between those two short in the bad weather. It's forced him into making a difficult situation. It's like
0: Auggie Garrido where you put up. the pressure onto the yeah. opponent. Right.
1: Before we get too, before we get too far down, down the rabbit hole, that applies to Texas because we've seen that it so does. many times this year. Like, West Virginia kind of exposes Texas' offensive line because – we talk about Texas just hammer people, hammering people, hammer people, and this offensive line had been really good when they get downhill and they can establish their double teams and, and run the football vertically. What West Virginia did was they said, well, you know, you've got Junior Angulow, who's a redshirt freshman, hardly has any experience, and Parker Braun played in this triple option offense. Mm-hmm. Let's well, see if these guys can stop stunts. Yep, see if they can pass blocks. See if, see if they can handle pressure. They can and they out. couldn't.
2: They couldn't. And, and, just like, giving that and Alex yeah. Grinch did the same thing. Yep. And Kansas did the
1: same thing. And see, Gary Patterson did the same thing, so on and so forth. And now forth. you lead
2: the Big 12 in sacks a lot. Yeah. <laughs> and you're 109th in the country. And
1: what do we, we talk about with the pass defense, yep. right? Like, go back to the TCU game. We talked about it on that on that last TCU touchdown mm-hmm. drive. Where was the matchup? Third and nine, you got Montrell Estelle one-on-one with somebody's slot. That's where they're going with the ball. Don't play the hand, play the man. Todd Orlando knows more, fo- forgot more football than I'll ever know, but I'm smart enough to figure out, hey, your redshirt, your redshirt sophomore safety that's hardly played, you got him one-on-one with somebody that's slot. It's probably where you going guy. with the football. Yeah, and,
2: mm-hmm. and, and this is the thing about Texas, and it's why I say the LSU game is where they peaked, because since that film's been out there, they football's such a film-driven sport. Mm-hmm. All right, it's just people like me sitting in rooms watching film. It's Shanahan sitting in dark rooms, sleeping for three hours a night, And all he does is watching film and he's sleeping up there at the complex and he's got notes. Mike Gundy said he was up to like three in the morning the other night uh, watching film of of, of OU. And he came out, I think his statement was... Y'all think Jalen Hurts is a is a is a spread quarterback. He's in he's a triple option quarterback. They just spread him out.
1: He's like they're running the wish. They're ball, running
2: the wishbone. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's what he, he so he at three in the morning. He came up with a this is this is my epiphany as they're watching film because that's what happens. You see you notice these trends because you watch every play back yeah. to back to back to back. And you go, oh, that's a trend. See a they are doing this man. all the time on first down. This is what they do uh-huh. when they're in this formation or with this personnel package. And since Tom Herman has put out that much film with this team, since teams have you see Slowly, just like you're thinking about the stunts and the twists on the offensive line, just you're think about the secondary. Teams are starting to figure out, oh, this is how you beat Texas. Yeah, oh, adjust. this is what Texas is going to do. Devin Do, Dune- Devin Do, has become less and less effective as the season going on. Yeah, right. Less and less big plays. He's still, he's still producing. It's no
1: fault of his. He's, yeah, he's giving you everything he's got. He's giving got. you everything
2: he's got, but not everybody knows. his route tree. Ain't nobody's going to run 60 of His route's going to be within five yards of the last yeah, I'm not going to right.
1: yep. <laughs> put words in Devin DuVernay's mouth, but there was a play, I think, in the fourth quarter of the Baylor game they ran that same bubble screen. They didn't have numbers. He gets tackled for like a two yard gain, Come on, and he just kind of pitches the ball to the referee. <laughs> like it's almost like the body language is saying, "All right, let's just run this garbage screen let's just run one so more I can time." get tackled
0: for a loss, so we can keep this, keep so this thing going. Yeah. work yeah. my ass up for three yards.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. as I'm saying, like it, so everybody knows now, and that's on Tom Herman. Tom Herman's become predictable, and that's why I say the pro spread has failed him. Now, what's the evolution of the pro spread? Are you going to keep it? Are you, going to, are you going to just get rid of the whole damn thing and hire somebody to bring in their system? Or are you going to add to it? Is Larry Fedora running your system, which also worries me. It's kind of like Kellen Moore, like you told me, running Jason Garrett's system. That worries you. It's like, well, it's still Jason Garrett's damn system. and yeah. you know, we just have him? You know what I mean? So I'm, I'm a little worried, honestly, about go, Tom Herman. Well, picking his go go look, go look go Exactly. Because he's bad at self-scouting. Go look at Ohio se-
1: State last year. Go look at Ohio State last year. Like, w- Urban Meyer was the head coach. They were not running the Urban Meyer Pro Spread offense. They had started to evolve that thing they did. under Ryan Day, and that thing is Ryan Day's offense now. I totally agree.
2: Yeah, I totally agree with you. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm I i think, and worried about because I think he's bad at self-scouting or appointing people to help him self-scout. And that means you're bad at self-evaluation. And if you're not good at self-evaluation, it's really tough, you know, to take that introspective leap and then go pick coaches Whose strengths are your weaknesses? Well, and then. I'm bad at this. I need to hire somebody who's good at that.
0: And especially when you You got this job because of that one unique skill. So then now you say, if you. Strip yourself of those duties. What are you doing here?
2: What do you, exactly. <laughs> what, what do you
0: say? It's totally exactly becomes right. a Milton at that point yeah. because, and I mean, if I was Herman, I would probably trust. I mean, it's you're at the point where you're in year three, and you know it's very odd because a year ago at this time we would be joking, oh yeah, you know Charlie got axed in year three, and then Texas football looked to be in a good situation. And really quick, we flipped from that LSU game to now that next season is going to be, well, you got to take care of business or that's like Herman knows it's down to this final season and has to be much improved. And that happened quick. That happened in a couple months. And with him being a guy that's a head coach and he got there because of his mind and him being such a smart guy and such a transcendent offensive guy, it'd be really hard to see him stripping that away from himself especially when now everything's on you the pressure's on you you normally trust you to do your job better than if you have got to the point where he that'd be a big time come to Jesus moment for him to already strip it away and go and hire so we'll it'll be telling to see where his psyche is and where his confidence is in himself depending upon where we go with the staff after this year yeah no it's it's
2: it's scary in my opinion I'm 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 actually a little frightened about where things could go because I'm not trust. I don't totally trust Tom Herman to either um, take an honest evaluation of where he is in that pro spread. That pro spread sucks. I ain't gonna lie to you. I like, guess that's, that's a bad offense. Yeah. I, have, I think we got a false perception of it. Honestly, last year versus Georgia, because you had a month to prepare for Georgia. All right. Let's not forget. Well, that. and
0: Georgia, wasn't that motivated? Let's exactly. Not forget that either. With for their hearts them. were ripped so, out. They yeah. wanted to be in the playoffs. And they, by the
2: way, that you know, I mean, that month to repair, you still got a little Jordan Humphrey and Colin Johnson. You got some, and Devin Duvernay is your slot receiver. By the way, so you you still freakish, yes, <laughs> offensively. We just didn't realize it at the time. And then the LSU game, like I said, no film on you, so we don't even know how the offense is really going to look. Now, who the hell knew Devin Duvernay would be the leading receiver? Nobody. Not even the uh, watch <laughs> Award watching. What's wrong didn't know with either. them? So my point is. I'm scared because it's, it's regressed to the point where I don't – 17 ain't having great offense. 2018, we said they saw the offensive identity crisis – but most of that was because it was set, Bam Bam Sam, which we have not mm-hmm. seen this year really, and it was because you had Lord Jordan Humphrey, Colin Johnson, and Devin Duvernay in the slot, and they all were relatively healthy all year, which has not happened this year. Yep. I don't know. Yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little anxious.
1: I take take one. I don't want to take an exception to what you said, Rob. But let's just throw the Georgia game out, right? Let's just take let's that. Let's just throw I'm it out, out throw right? It out. It's, it's an outlier. My bigger, my bigger question is. What were you doing all off season? What were you doing in the spring and summer? Because it doesn't look to me like you did a whole heck of a lot. Developing that, you see, he admitted he didn't. They didn't develop
2: talent very well. So I'm kind of with. And, and, and why? Okay, okay. So it's a good point. Great, I agree with this. This is a good question. So you know you didn't develop talent well. You've admitted to that. Con, in terms of cons, concepts and innovation and creativity on offense. You went out there, you know, doing research and development, still in play to evolve the offense. We know that now too, because we haven't seen a damn thing. All right, we we we've all been hell. You just got to your twenty personnel. In the second to last week of the season. They got to the 10 personnel win. When did it take them that? K-State was the 10 personnel. They K-State, brought it out. Yeah. Started moving Kyle Jones around. So Which was game. <laughs> yeah, game, game We've been, been asking for that yeah. since what? Since before the season. We were like, oh, 10 personnel pack, that will be great. <laughs> You're talking mm-hmm. about the spring game. Spring game. We're talking about 10 personnel. Okay. So it took he's very stubborn about that. And so they weren't, they weren't innovate. They weren't building a great culture because you lead the Big 12 in missed tackles. You lead the Big 12 in um, sacks allowed, and you lead the Big 12 in
0: penalties. And costly penalties.
2: And so it means you're an undisciplined, dysfunctional team, and you're worst tackling and blocking team in the Big 12. So fundamentals really, and fundamentals and culture weren't a big part of the offseason either. So I am with you. I would like to know what the hell did you do in the offseason? Maybe it's just recruiting, because I got to tell you, you didn't develop the talent, and right now, innovate, there's no innovation and creativity with the offense. So I'm with you, man. I don't know what the hell they did in the offseason. They get to think, a program builder. you see a guy that knows how to build a program? What
1: I think happened to Tom Herman this offseason is what I think happens, and this is a systemic issue with Texas, not with the administ- current administration or the athletic department, but I think it's Texas in general. And you look at guys that at a Texas or a USC, because USC's had their struggles, or you can look at Alabama's had down periods. When guys fail, it's they get to a point, and they think, "All right, this place will just take care of itself." Now I've got everything figured out. We're winning games, cruise control, bringing in talent, and you put it in cruise control. Yep, that's all it is. Mac did it too. Mac did it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Fred Akers did it. Yeah. <laughs> It's such a gargantuan
2: mammoth of a problem Charlie program. did it. I
1: don't know why, but.
2: <laughs> Charlie had yeah. no reason to get there. I mean, but He's like, like man, Matt I got Mac definitely did, cause... though. Mac almost yeah. kind of admits to it. Oh, that, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, basically around that, oh, by O. Well, there's 08, that balance. Around, right, right around 08 when he hired Champ. If
1: it wasn't for Colt McCoy and Will champ the downtrend would have started yeah. a lot. I mean, it was Once
2: 07. It's he, just he, those covered yeah. But he those also brought in up. Garrett Gilbert as an early, I think he was an early signee. So he figured right around the time you had Colt, after coming off V-Y, like, damn, mm-hmm. I, I got Top Chris quarterbacks Sims, in the V-Y, nation. and Cole McCoy. Well, and then just and then sort of – Bring in we... a must champ who's got the defense rolling. That I mean, that team in 08, we all agree here, it's better than an 09 team. And I think that's around the time where Mac went, all right, I'm good. Because even after 05, like you said, he still, he still grinded a little bit. He's but still bringing see, in must champ in 08. But then after that, I think Mac relaxed and became a – he became a grandfather are a grandparent instead of a parent. Exactly. And, a, and that's and a the perfect role. analogy a right grand, there. As a
0: grandparent, yeah, you, know, you, you ain't Oh, you're fat and happy no company. Here's yeah. some candy it's and have heckling. fun and we're going to yeah. be great. As and a and parent,
2: you're yelling at your kid. You're disciplining your kid. You're always a parent and you're a kid. Lessons being learned. But as a grandparent, you just kind of walk by side and be like, my my coaches will take right, care of it.
1: At places, at places like Alabama and Texas and USC and Notre Dame when things have, have gone down. And you can even throw like a Nebraska or Florida in there I think you get blinded by whether it's talent or resources or recruiting ground or whatever it is at those places that make those places special. And, yeah, you Tom Herman talks about fighting human nature all the time. And you talk about with players, coaches have to do that with themselves. Yes, and that's It's really easy to get comfortable. And then
0: we just talked about like it being, you know, with this stuff, maybe the confidence becoming over to arrogance and Mm -hmm. like how you just talked about with Mac, it sort of started because he had to have a come-to-Jesus moment and he almost, say, got fired after five losses and almost losing to Kansas. But then what happened? VY happened and he had decided, I'm going to let my guys be free. So I'm going to go be free. But whenever you start being free for a few years, it can sort of border on getting to the point that you're just, yeah, oh, yeah, like we're going to go out there and win. And he's happy and comfy. And you can border on going from letting the guys be in free to you being comfortable with where you're at. And that's sort of where that era went, that, too. That's a great
2: point because, and I, I've always said this about Mac. Mac figured out, and he didn't figure it out when I was there. He figured out once he had Vince Young that I, I, I my formula is best with, you know, he know because it's a true, honest evaluation I think he took of himself introspectively. My teams are better when I let the locker room lead. When I yep. when I recruit great leaders, when I groom great leaders, because that's what Mac does, right? He uh-huh. grooms and he recruits. He's a motivator and he delegates. But when I get a Vince Young in here and a Chris Sims in here and a Cole McCoy in here – and then all these other leaders, that locker room will lead. And I can, he and he did he to but, a certain extent. He, 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 would, it that he way. would put it on cruise control once he once he built once once the formula was intact. Well, and then and I think yeah. he did fall into that falsely because he did that with Colt McCoy in 08 and 09. And then in 2010, it needed more of the old it school different it needed, it a different group. Every group of players, they're all different humans. It needed a different formula. And it was a it was a, obviously the formula went off a of cliff. And and I'll say this too. I think Dabo, who, who Dabo admits, mm-hmm. Dabo Swinney admits, I I my blueprint is the Mac Brown blueprint. Like I went to Texas during that time yeah. when I got my gig, and then Mac basically gave me all the keys to the kingdom, gave me all the secrets, and told me all the you know all the kind of the inside details of how to build a program. And Dabo's like that. Dabo's really smart about. I'm gonna you no know, once I get to Sean Watson. Deshaun, Lee, mm-hmm. go, exactly. do, go, bro, go do what I brought you here to do. And that's why, you know, Mac Brown, you know, he's singing 50 Cent and jamming 50 Cent when he's got uh, Vince Young because he understands at that point. No, 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 it's, it's a player-led team. And I think ultimately Tom Herman wanted that too. We talked about it after the Georgia game. You know, we're a player-led team, not a coach-fed team. Yeah, and I think – Right Dabble, now he's at that yeah. point. Herman's exactly. at that point Dabble, where Sweeney, other Dabble, Sweeney. Dabble Sweeney admits that's what he – that's why he, Dabble Sweeney's having – even right now the formula, you know, the cake is baked, so to speak, for Clemson. With Trevor Lawrence, he's not totally ready for that role yet. That's why every time you'll see Clemson struggle a little bit, they'll probably still be trying ball to build it right now. But
1: to but he's to not that ready point, just yet. with Texas, you know what I mean? last year's team was a player led team because of those players. Because you had some really strong personalities, whether it's Charles Amenahu yeah. or Chris Boyd yeah. or Andrew Beck. Yeah, Sammon's you had some really strong personalities, time. guys that had been through it and guys that commanded respect. Totally but like, agree. no, this is the way it's going to be. And when you start looking at Tom Herman, it's looking at where this thing could go. know
0: he's uh, in that same era I mean just along with what you're saying that same tipping point that we just talked about all those coaches had sort of a moment where you didn't have success and they needed to find their own uniqueness about their team and what they do well as a coach and it was like the same thing that Mm -hmm. I literally just heard Ed O talk all about this right before the Alabama game and I mean he started crying and talking to Tom Rinaldi and I couldn't believe what I was seeing and he started to talk about the differences in him and Mm -hmm. he used to be I had to be a tough football coach and I was going to go and beat yeah. him, grind him into the ground. And then he's like, then I realized that isn't right. And he learned from Coach Carroll. And Coach Carroll's a type of guy that let your players be free. He's like, I mm-hmm. realized what I did when I was going to be a next head coach at LSU, I was going to treat every one of these players like it is my own son. And I'm going to love these guys. It's unconditional. And you see that whenever like the Auburn guys come over to give Edo a hug, even though he's on the opponent team before it. And it was an ultimate tipping point for him to beat Saban the way that it's the total opposite. But even Edo had to have have that awakening type moment the mm-hmm. changing of him we talked about Dabo we talked about Mac all of these guys have sort of had that type of inner crisis turmoil within their insanely successful generational coaching you know, endeavors where they ended up being great, but they all had to have a moment to find themselves. So at least at this point, you can sort of look at Texas and be like, well, hopefully Tom gets one of those.
1: Dabo, Dabo was, it was year three. He was interim the first year. Year three, he was six and seven. Mm, that's like hasn't, hasn't won fewer than 10 games in any year since. Brian Kelly Rod might be the best example you're looking for if you're looking for Ken Tom Herman to turn this thing around. Mm Because you look at what he did at Notre Dame. Eight and five, eight and five, 12 and one, nine and four, eight and five, 10 and three, and then four and eight. Yep. But then, since then, 10 and three, 12 and one, and they're nine and two this year. Yep. You look at Bob Stoops. Bob Stoops starting in 2006, 11 and three, 11 and three, 12 and two. 2009, they went eight and five, got blown out by Clemson in their bowl game. So, oh, no, I'm sorry. That's 2009. Um, Throw so about 2014, but anyway, ten and 3, 11 and two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that 2013 season, they beat Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, and then they come back the next year and their preseason top five, and their offense is garbage. And they're eight and five, and they get blown out by Clemson in the bowl game. And what does he do? He has to fire Jay Norvell, who worked for him for a long time, long time guy. Yeah, yeah. I and mean, I think they go, they went back to Iowa. Yeah, and they had a lot of changes. He fired man. Josh Heupel, his national championship winning quarterback. Yeah, fired Josh Heupel, mm-hmm. but he brought in Lincoln Riley. Yep. And basically resurrected that Oklahoma totally program again,
2: good. and the rest is history.
1: I want to read you a coach's record, and I want you to tell me if this sounds like it could be where it could be going for Tom Herman: the first year eight and five, the second year ten and two, the third year seven and six, the fourth year three and two, and you're fired after game five.
2: And and what is this again? Who is this
1: again? I haven't told you who it is. Okay, I was gonna say. Okay, would you All like right. to know who it is? Oh, is it blue blood? And I, oh, it's I yeah, blood? it's a blue blood. And I want you to tell me if you think this is where it could be of for Tom Herman.
2: Oh man, is it? Is it Bark Richt? Is it Muschamp nope. at <laughs> Florida?
1: Nope. nope. Give it to me. Lane Kiffin at USC.
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, I didn't know he was that successful early on. I didn't realize that. And that you was know, another go, Ed O'Neill.
1: In, um, in, in eleven, yeah. they were on pro- yeah? in, in eleven, they were on probation. And but they went 10 to 2. Matt yeah. Barkley's coming back. And they're like, oh, yeah, USC's back. And they go 7 and 6 and lose the Sun Bowl. Yeah. And then the rest is like, yeah. just fell off it a was cliff. gone. <sighs> it was gone because Lane Kiffin had that arrogance.
2: He was an arrogant. F- yeah. Yeah. He was arrogant, man. I remember
0: that. That's why he's they fired him the way they
2: did. Yeah. He literally got fired on the, the, the freaking way he did. tarmac. And, and now yeah, he's he is so arrogant. arrogant. Or the bus, yeah. whatever F- it was. FAU, no. the
0: foul owl on the pro. No, and, I, and
2: USC still hadn't got, and that's the thing about it. They still hadn't got it together at no. USC, no. and that's that's the kind of the, the cautionary tale for Texas, yeah. right? You could be firing, you could be firing him, and he, Tom Herman, could be well with deserving of being fired or whatever. Doesn't mean that you're gonna be able to get it fixed five years later. Right. You could no. be in the same exact position, and we've already kind of went through this cycle. So even for CDC, he's got you know big decisions to make about Tom Herman and you know how much leeway to give. Are you gonna bring in a new staff and give him one year? Really? Like that mm. to me is that's a recipe for disaster. If you want to get them yeah. one year, if
1: you want to give any get any assistant coaches worth a damn, you're back to you've got to give multi year guaranteed deals.
2: Guaranteed deals. This is where it is. And, and no, they, it's crazy nowadays. nowadays. Coaching
0: like, culture, like just the modern sports, comp, just where we're at. Where oh, man, coaches,
2: man is probably about to get fired. Oh yeah, you're no you want ain't out. even over. should have stayed at Temple. <laughs> he lost to Florida. That's what <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, they, they were loving this guy like yes. a year ago. And I was like, oh, no, nope, they were man, loving him this season. This season, nope. He's about to be gone. I'm like, wow. Yes. That's and, how it is. But what I think to, to Matt's
1: point about where we're at, I think Florida State kind of changed that firing yeah. Willie Taggart, you yeah. know, what is it, five games in a year or two? And or just whatever. gave
2: him all their bread and they didn't care about it. But my, my thing is, like, you, if you're a Texas, this is my thing. This is why Texas is – could be – I'm just going to read for you a couple numbers. So right? I love
0: Mac Brown was out there killing so, himself, almost won a Big 12 championship. So, when so you Texas got you. has
2: five-plus losses 11 times since 1996. So that's 24 years. Oklahoma now has had five, at least five losses in a season. Eleven times in the last sixty years. Your point you've always been harping on, dude. You are falling way behind Oklahoma here. Like wait, yeah, wait, the wait, last wait, five years you could really put us in danger of this becoming a hugely lopsided rivalry in the kind of the modern era of football, right? So you really can't afford to start falling by. This is the first decade since Texas became a member of a conference, Southwest Conference of Big 12, where you haven't won a conference championship in football. I'll give you another number. Baylor now with Matt Rule, who you guys know we all have man crushes on. Or we love Matt Rule. All right. Baylor now has five 10-win seasons this decade, courtesy of Matt Rule. By the way, that's five and nine seasons. Think about that. They won. They won. More than Texas. Games. Texas it's hasn't done that five nine, nine years. TCU has won at least ten games five times in the last ten years. All right, um, Texas has won uh, basically ten games once in the last ten years. Five in the last fourteen. You can go way, way, like, <laughs> it's like oh, Are we Nebraska? Oh, oh, but think about it. You, 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 you. You cannot afford to mess this Tom Herman thing up. Because if that continues. because if you if he if he, if, he's, if he's the wrong guy, fine, you move on. And you don't hire the right guy. Oh, it'll be twenty twenty five before you got a dude, shot. You gonna fall so far behind me because Baylor's gonna start catching up. You better pray Matt Rule goes to the NFL. You better pray Jerry Jones comes after Lincoln Raleigh. You know what I mean, like dude. We'll be Nebraska. You're gonna start exactly. I mean, you know, don't you, but you're in Tennessee. a fertile recruiting ground, so you you can't be Nebraska. You'd be, you, yeah. be sadder than Nebraska. Do you know? <laughs> do, you know who, do you know
1: who Texas is? And as a fan of this other franchise, it, it doesn't pay me to say it because it's reality. They're the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, mm-hmm. look at all our tradition. Yeah, you haven't won a playoff game in twenty years, you or you haven't been to a conference championship game in twenty years.
2: You already played in six conference championships, I believe, since the Big Twelve uh, inception, right? Well, and then OU was on a. Oh, OU has won more Big Twelve titles than Texas has played in. Yes. You cannot. You you need to make sure you get this right. Yes. You mess up again, and you get a subpar head coach for another three or four years. Dude, Oklahoma's going to, they're going to go we, they we be we had so far. And now AM is going to potentially, and Baylor potentially, and other schools potentially.
0: Yeah. We're going to surpass you in this state. Because yeah. continuity is something that is really needed for any type of sustained success. And we were finally getting to the point where we were talking about, oh, the bus mm-hmm. rate's not there. You're accumulating classes. We're finally going to have a coach that gets to see his senior years. It won't be a turnover class, which you had a turnover class from Mac, a turnover class from Charlie, and then, if something were to happen, another turnover class to where, yeah, that's it's the tipping point. Which, it by is, the way, Matthew, and LSU, by the way, ascending. And yes. If you don't think
2: LSU's ascent to greatness is going to negatively affect Texas, then Huge. you're not paying attention. town Because <laughs> hey, they got like three or four starters on their defense that will be drafting the first round from Houston alone. <laughs> yep. So I'm just throwing it out there.
1: <laughs> I mean, you can poke fun at the, at the Aggies if you want, but they're – They're weathering the storm.
2: Trust trust me, man. I'm with you. I'm like, I'm not saying that the Aggies are going to surpass you, but it's possible if you get this Herman thing wrong. So either support Herman, give him everything he needs to succeed, because right now he's probably the sixth or seventh best coach in this conference, man. It was the last time Texas had the sixth or seventh best coach in the conference. He ain't better than Lincoln Riley. He ain't better than Matt Rule. He ain't better than uh, Gundy. He ain't better than Patterson. Uh, Matt Campbell is probably going to be yeah, a of would, him and a lot would, of people I respects. I would take Matt
1: Campbell. He's more sought I don't
2: know. the hell. Chris Kleiman's got more skins <laughs> on the wall it, at North Dakota State or whatever. Hey, he's, got he's better than Les Miles. That's what I'm saying. Dude, what's last time Texas had the six or seven best coach of the conference potentially? And in a, coach, in a well, conference – Maybe way, just recently he's, with he's Charlie, big. but yeah. That's true. You're right. Uh, that, while, <laughs> yeah. that ain't good. That's my point. Well, I don't know if he – I don't but even say he was six or seven. He was a big coach. No, let's
1: talk about Makovic real quick, though. And I think that's why – fans, and, and Matt, you can chime in from the fan perspective on this. This is just me being an observer.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I think fans, and you're starting to see it in the media now too, people are disappointed with the way the season's going. Like I said, at this point, yeah, it's, it's a, a waste of year.
2: It's a failure this year. No. The
1: vitriol. It's two very different things. Disappointment and vitriol. Mm-hmm. The vitriol is because people just don't like Tom Herman. Agreed. He's he doesn't get the nice difference. guy discount, no. and that's why yeah. Charlie you, Strong got the nice guy discount. Charlie because strong, you know what yeah. you talked to Rod, you talked to Charlie Strong. You know he was oh a yeah, nice man, he's, he's, he's a nice salt guy. of the earth. Guy. Yeah. yeah, he was a nice guy. That's he
2: true. was he was overwhelmed
1: by the job, but good he was fellow. honestly a
2: good guy. He was not arrogant. He was humble as hell, and too, honestly, two times he was too humble sometimes. The, the, <laughs> he
0: did. I had
1: like a really. I really wish like the Charlie, and I know we give Charlie a hard time, but sixteen and twenty-one, you gotta, you know, you lost a chance, man. Come on now. (laughs) If (laughs) If the if the Charlie Strong that I got to talk to the few times I did in like a one-on-one setting for an extended period of time, if everybody saw that Charlie Strong, yeah. A, the nice guy discount would have been extended even further. Well,
2: we always said we everybody started their Charlie Strong criticism with I love Charlie Strong but mm-hmm. right? But nobody starts their criticism with Tom Herman like that. They started off that. just going after Tom yes. Herman, you know and 'cause it's and not the nice guy discount. It is not the nice guy discount. So and it's I and I even wonder about this too in, 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 in recruiting. One. Like I don't know how his relationships are with coaches. Um, I know it's a good old boys network. A lot of it is, do I like that guy? Do I want to work for that guy? Now, Nick Saban and Belichick, don't have to worry about that because Nick Saban and Belichick will advance your career. Exactly. So it's like, no, I'm going there because I want my career to advance. I know they're going to treat me like crap, Mm -hmm. but it's all good. Coming to Texas, like, well, I get to live in Austin, but I may, you know, I mean, I don't necessarily know if I'm going to be happy with the coaching staff and the result. So I do, I That's part of Tom Herman's introspective, uh, you know, really kind of leap as a coach and a person where he's he's not going to be as arrogant period I think even in his relationships and even with the media too this is the mm-hmm. I've never mm-hmm. seen him more humble than this week like he has never been but this what humble choice with the does media. he have I, rod I, don't, I don't, He's been an arrogant S.O.B. Even when you expect him to be humble, he's still... You know, that's he's why when you know
0: when he comes out there and just takes all the blame on the front yeah. end. But then you also have little interjections of other things in there, but he's smart enough to always throw it back on himself.
2: Yeah. So, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it works out. But I, I do think that... Oh, so again, getting back to your point about um, about kind of McEvick and how... McEvick wasn't liked. No. no. Like McEvick was hated, so he was random. Mac, Mac was beloved. Yes. So even when Mac, you know, it wasn't he really got a prediction for like f- three years because like, of it. Nah, man, Mac's a good dude. Mac 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 is he's doing what's best for the program. He has the best of the the best intentions and mm-hmm. people don't really know that about Tom Herman. I'm interested you know I mean?
0: about I just because I never thought about it till right now when we're spitballing stuff. But I wonder what the relationship between him and Del Conte is, or if there that's is because he was already sort of here. You know, that's like true. who knows where that. Th- that's, a, that's a good point. I too. think because the t- and Mac were really tight. I they tend, to, really, think, I tend to think. I tend to think it's good. Was
1: I good. tend to think it's good, and, and I think. You know, Del Conte did come out and support him publicly and say, yeah, hey, and, we the got to do that. Now, uh, yeah. you know, if the game Friday doesn't go well and, you know, you finish 6-7, then who knows at that point. But I think as of right now, as we sit here in this moment, uh-huh. I think the plan is for Chris Del Conte to sit down with Tom Herman after the season and say, "What are you- what's your plan? <laughs> it's going to be that. It's going to be what's your plan, but kind of. Picking people's brains on how Crystal Conte works, it'll be he'll take in all all the Tom Herman's considerations, and if there's something he doesn't like, he won't tell him. He's like, well, what about this? What did you maybe, make it? Think you it's your that, idea. Yeah,
2: I like this. This coordinator here. I've heard good things about you. Like this guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. Your boss brings something up to you but like, this is, of course I like it, boss. <laughs> you just brought it up to me. Or you're you're uh, hinting at something here. Right, aren't you? You,
1: and I don't know. We got to wrap it up, but you talk about the uh, the need to get this right, whichever way you decide to go with it. You, you got to get can't it right. It up. Uh, yeah, yeah can't you got to be right with it. Yeah. Um. We're approaching a really big, like for. Crystal Conte, from the time he was hired up until now, it's been kind of it's been fun. Like you raise a little, money and, raise and, a little, and honeymoon, and
2: honeymoon, that, honeymoon phase. But he's yeah.
1: he's getting to the point where he's got to make a decision regarding Tom Herman. He's got to make a decision regarding Shock Smart. Shaka, 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 he's yeah. probably got to make one regarding Karen Aston. Yeah, uh, I know it's small scale, but like Angie Kelly and soccer, like hmm. there's several sports on this campus right now where you've got coaches that either need to figure out what you need to do with to help them yeah. or figure out if you just need to get somebody else in here to get it right. And it's all football's fault, in my opinion. I think if,
2: <laughs> no, I'm not lying. If football I was agree. fine, if football was killing it, I don't think any of those other people's jobs would be in jeopardy. I think Shaka would be fine. It's a lot. If football's killing it, nobody really... The tensions around fandom and
0: media and everything, you're right. Everybody's really short and curt about, like... And defensive, and then now Aggies come at you, and you're like, no, we don't suck. And, like, literally the fan base's psyche and the media's psyche on how they cover it is going to see... The negative more so than the positive yeah. in all Just, regards. We'll
2: know how how hands on CDC is going to be with the rebuilding of you know Tom Herman's staff and everything. And Tom Herman's a guy who's been really loyal. You know, I mean, he's been loyal to his guys. He's got that in common with Mac Brown loyalty, and that means a lot to him. But um, now he's got a he's got to start cutting ties with some guys who may have, yeah, you know, they, they they probably shouldn't have been brought, you know, from U of H anyway. I mean, he was arrogant about building his staff. Truth be told. He we had we his guys. About, we, yeah, we were, we were about, like, you like, got man, an
0: open checkbook. Go get, whichever go get whatever you want. You only get like, this no, once. I'll get what I got. We're like, all right, what... we trust you, Mister Dude. Exactly. Rod, I th- he I was think... arrogant in building the staff.
1: Rod, I think you heard the same things I did. T- Tim Brewster wanted to come back to Texas. Mm, I remember that. Yeah, I
0: heard
2: that. Yep, I remember hearing that. Didn't too. happen. Jeff it Trailer. Jeff Trailer would Jeff have stayed. Trailer was. Yeah, I remember that being discussed too. So you know, I'm not saying that those guys would have done better, but the whole point is. You were arrogant about building a staff. You should say, like, I know I'm not going after big names. I'm not making a splash. My guys, my way, my system, it works. Trust me.
0: And if you make a mistake, you only get a handful of mistakes before it's on you. And then at that point, you have to make hard decisions, sometimes with long-term relationships. But that's whenever you realize that it comes down on me, then that's when they'll actually have to make those decisions. Here's here's what it's done.
1: It's taking Tom Herman's terms like alignment. I I need everybody aligned with me. Oh, yeah. Do you need alignment, or do you need yes-men?
2: Jerry Jones. It's getting back to hey. Jerry Jones again, right? Jerry Jones honestly got what he wanted. He didn't want the coaches to get too much credit because that's what Bill Parcells got, and that's what um, you know Jimmy Johnson, Johnson got. Yeah. So Jason Gary gets no freaking credit, even mm-hmm. when he does something good. The people still don't give him credit. He's ah, oh, K- Kellen he's moore a great game. Tim Beck and Jerry back, right? Jones is and, exactly. And he wanted people around him that would that would tell him what he wanted to hear and reaffirm what he was saying. And that's what he's got. And honestly, that echo chamber is sometimes the <laughs> worst possible thing. And I think for Tom, <laughs> for Herman, Dora is it up. Kellen Moore. <laughs> think about it right now. And I know it's good to have your guys on one year contracts because you want to keep them hustling but also that means they got to keep their boss happy mm-hmm. so it also means i'm definitely not gonna get in conflict with my boss because i'm on a one-year deal yep. and i'm also this is the guy that brought me from U of H and kept me here so there is a lot I'm of loyal i'm loyal to the point where yeah there may be some sickle fans around him now telling him everything he wants to hear and not necessarily being critical and here's the, i think the biggest question before we get out of here i think we need to discuss and we can get into tech tech a little bit too <laughs> mm-hmm. um d- 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 have you lost that locker room Because if you and that's what CDC needs to CDC needs to go do some investigative research, man, because I know there are reports about "Ah, some guys unhappy here. Maybe he's lost locker room. If he has lost that locker room, man, it's it's already over. Which is you know what I mean like it's already done and we just don't know yet. If he's lost that locker room, dude, it is done. The thing about the Charlie Strong era that made it so interesting was that he never lost a locker room. That right. locker yeah. room loved, they him. loved him. He was just bad at coaching.
0: It <laughs> became a like, problem for Herman yeah. because there were strong yeah, guys it and Herman. Guys. It was tough for
2: Herman in twenty seventeen because so, yeah, the guys was so committed Haynes to Charlie Strong. So I do. I wonder when I am watching that headbutting thing. I I did notice that. Guy, I mean, I guys you didn't noticed get You know the same hyped. thing I did, right? I know guys Sam are more looking around were like, what the hell? Dude, what? I mean, You're... I'm like, I, and I'm, I'm not saying that that means he lost the locker room. no, no, no. <laughs> not mean, they could have just been shocked. He thinks things. he's cool. Like, like we like, were shocked, eh. but he, what he did, didn't wasn't on the pulse of the when he danced in the Texas Bowl. They were with him. They were with him. They were all dancing. And I was like, and if people were like, that's, that's, that's arrogant, man. He's an A-hole. And I was like, yeah, he is. But he's my A-hole because he's got the locker room. They were dancing with him. Yeah. Those guys mm-hmm. were feeling him. He was doing something they had been doing in the locker room, having fun, and brought it out to, for public, uh, public consumption. But when he did that headbutting thing and the leader of the team, Sam Ellinger, had to look like he was like, what the hell is that? Yeah. I was like, oh, No. No, no, you did something that wasn't cool. You you pulled a Howard Dean. Yeah, Yeah, no, 100%. Nobody was like, oh, what is that? You got to know know your room, buddy. (laughs) You got to know the room. And he didn't read that room. And if he can't read that room before a big game like that, I, I'm not saying he's lost the locker room. But I'm saying it's a question that needs to be answered. That by aligns Christel with Conte. not
0: knowing your personnel, though, and like running mm. your head against a brick wall against Iowa State yeah. when you don't need to do it and stuff like that. Need aligns to know. that same thing and not knowing your big, surroundings man. and your people. It's
2: big, man. If you if you lost the locker room, I can tell you right now, ain't no ain't no rebuild gonna work. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you right now, the rebuild is done. If, if, they, if those for sure are the if the room, people
0: don't buy in, if we if
2: one it. of us was exactly checked right.
0: out, we wouldn't still be doing this show exactly or something right. like that. Yeah, and that's you know
2: so. Uh, that's the beauty of what Matt Rule has done. Total buy
1: Yes, I, you know, there, there's a, a great article on our site. It was written a couple of weeks ago by Dan Neal, and I think we all know Dan. Oh yeah,
2: He's I love Daniel. Really I, I, I read some of Neal's stuff. And Dan's
1: Dan goes basically through the '94 season, which, you know, they, they lost a Black Sunday game to Rice, and oh, hmm. he talked about they lost a really bad game on the road to Texas Tech. And I'll just read from Dan right here. He said, "I remember," and he talked about like leading up to the Rice game, there were guys suspended, Wayne McGarity suspended, Mike hmm. Adams, hmm. and he said. They were on the verge of mutiny because all the suspended players were black players. And so, wow. and he decided to start Shane Morris instead of James Brown, even though James Brown had just beaten OU. So things were kind of coming undone. But this is this is from Dan Neal. And I think this is kind of where the Texas players are at right now. I'm not saying Tom Herman's lost him, but mm-hmm. I don't think this is a bad way to go. He said, I remember flying home after the Tech loss. The feeling on the plane among the players was that at least Makovic was going to get fired. After the AM loss, they lost AM that year, things Ooh. changed. We decided as players that it was our team. We could still tie for the conference championship and become bowl eligible if we won two. Of the, if we won the next two against Baylor and Houston. We just needed to play for each other. Forget Makovic. We were not going to let his actions take away from what we could accomplish. Oh, that's good. Send an article to me. That's good. Please. I, I think that's where Texas is at right now, Rod, that's because great. we can say Tom Herman's lost the locker room. They're still playing hard. The intent might not be there, they're playing hard, but the effort is there. It is, and yeah, and whether that's for them or, or whatever, and they still care, right? Those penalties they get getting there because of frustration. That's, and mad. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. exactly they what care. I'm getting at. They care. There's a level of care still on still this team. Care. Yeah, they do. And that if Texas wins this game against Texas Tech, Matt, we were talking about it before Rod got here. Texas Tech's a bad defense, mm-hmm. and this offense just moved the ball on bad defenses. So, you should, Colin Johnson or no, you should be able to move the football. You should. But if Texas wins this game, to me, Rod, and we have no – like that injury report on Monday was – Lengthy. Good Lord, yeah, it's lengthy, long. yeah. If Texas wins this game, it'll be because they harness that. Like, forget, like, if you don't like – whether you like Tom Herman or you don't, whatever, let's us take ownership of this team mm-hmm. and just – it's been a crap sandwich, and we've all had to take a bite of it this year. But, damn it, you got two games left. Just make these two games the best damn two-game season you can have.
2: No, I no, I totally agree with that, and I, you know, I've brought that up on my show too, but the way I always put it, and please send me that Daniel law because that is fantastic. Uh, that's great work, and I always read Daniel's stuff because I love his insight. Like, his last article about the Iowa State game, I think it's the last one I read, was awesome because he basically just he just trashes the Texas O-line for being bad. But anyway, um, I always, I've always said this about college football programs. They don't belong to the coaches or the administrators. They're just caretakers, and they're hired for their loyalty. They're paid for their loyalty. College football programs belong to the fans, which can be students, boosters, and donors, and the players. That's who those programs belong to because we're not paid for our loyalty. We actually pay the price for our allegiance. We pay the price for loyalty. Chris Del Conte, God bless him. If you paid him more money, he'd probably go do something else. You know what I mean? Say what you want about Tom Herman. He could have yep. been the LSU head coach you know, if we hadn't jumped on him. They're paid for their loyalty. God bless them. All right. And Mac Brown, too. And I realized this after me and Mac Brown had our falling out. And I told this to the Mac and Company the program do not belong to y'all. <laughs> program belongs to us and the fans. We pay the price for it. We pay money to support our team. And, 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 we, and, we, and the players' the blood and the sweat and the tears, it's the fans that come out and support. The coaches, they don't, they're, they're paid. They're paid good money. To be loyal. Mm -hmm. Nobody paying you as a fan to be loyal. You chose to be loyal. You take time out of your day, time out of your weekend, bring your family. You pay money. That's what these programs are about. So, to your point, and if I was talking to the players, I'd say the same thing. To hell with Tom Herman. It ain't nothing personal to him. Right. It's your team.
1: Yeah.
2: It's your team. It's your legacy that's on the line. the fabric
0: of you as a person. Yeah,
2: it's, it's about this relationship that you have with the players next to you and those fans out there. That's what this is about. And if you know if, if you need to get motivated because you need Tom Herman to tell you something, then you've missed you've missed the whole point of it altogether. You've been in this locker room. There's no seniors too who've been in that locker room with those guys for four years and grinding through it. The ugly times. I said, it's to me. It's about the name on the front of the jersey and the name on the back of the jersey, and that's what the program's all about. You and you, that, that name on the back of the jersey, dude. You don't got enough pride to go out there and have that name shown in a good light, then. You ain't. You shouldn't be out here anyway. You got a scholarship for the wrong reason to the wrong school, and the name on the front of the jersey. If you don't know the history of it, and you don't know it, this whole town, and there are people across the world, literally, that make their that, that basically their that day or weekend is made or or it's it, it's ruined because you how you played in that game. You don't realize that the magnitude mm-hmm. of it. Then Tom Herman's on a really good job, uh, a really terrible job of teaching you the history of Texas football and the magnitude of it. You got your own damn network. You should know the magnitude of what you're doing out there. So my thing is, I'm with you. I think that that they don't know the program belongs to them yet. And maybe you don't realize that until you leave the program like I do. But it was better leadership on the team when I was there, like Casey Hampton and Sean Rogers and D.D. Lewis. And I remember Aaron Humphrey, Kwame Cavill. I remember all those guys. And they taught it to me. And I wonder if it's it's being taught to those guys over there. Because if it is, then you beat Texas Tech. If it ain't, you lose to Tech because you don't get it
1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Matt, thanks for everything, man. You're more than welcome. Rod we appreciate the time and the knowledge. Anytime, brother. For Matt, for Rod, for everybody at the Austin Radio Network and the Horn 104 One Hundred One Nine am 1260 streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com, where you can get Rod B on the Rodcast each and every weekday from 1 to 3. Shameless plug. And thanks to Matt, you can get all of our archives on the Longhorn Blitz SoundCloud page. Yep,
0: just type in Longhorn Blitz.
1: Don't forget to like us, leave us a review. Anywhere you get your podcast. you're going to search Horns 24-7 Podcast. You'll get us, you'll get the flagship, you'll get State of Recruiting, like us, leave us a review. Thank you guys so much for subscribing. Uh, you know the show is, has taken off and done some wonderful things this year. The it show. is all because of you, the listener, and it, the subscriber. For the Horn family, for the Horns 24-7 family, I'm Jeff Howe. Thank you so much for downloading and listening, and we will catch you again on the next episode. You've been listening to Longhorn Blitz with Horns247.com. Remember, for the latest Longhorn news 24-7, visit Horns247.com.